Are y'all ready for the monster? Get ready to find out. In a laboratory once upon a time at work was a doctor named Frankenstein. Tonight on the Late Night Fright, it's everyone's favorite undead killer. Freddy Krueger? No, no, Jason from Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Ooh, can I change my answer to that? No, it's everybody's favorite guy who's back from the dead. Jesus? We're not going to get in trouble for that, are we? No, we're not going to get in trouble for that. Okay, yeah, I want to go with Jesus too. So we're going with Jesus? Jesus. No, everybody's favorite guy who's made up of parts from other people. Kenny Rogers? Ooh, Faith, that's mean. Yeah, Kenny Rogers. No, it's Universal's classic 1931 movie, Frankenstein, starring Boris Karloff. Can you dig it? I can dig it. I wasn't asking you if you can dig it. Yeah, but I can dig it. Ah, just start the show. Baba Baba Boomba. Welcome, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very awesome... My very reanimated co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Don't you mean... There it is. That's terrible. (laughs) We are back. We were on a little bit of a hiatus. Tropical Storm Barry came through, messed up all of our feng shui. We weren't able to get together and do the show, but we're back. Better than ever, huh? That's debatable. (laughs) That's debatable. But we are back with a good movie. We are. Go ahead and tell them what we are talking about tonight. We are talking about Frankenstein tonight. The 1931 Mm -hmm. Universal Studios classic starring Colin Clive and Boris Karloff. We love him here on the show, don't we? We mentioned William Shatner. Our TV Tuesday episode was on the unexplained with William Shatner, and he's been a running figure here on the show, and not by any kind of design. We just seem to talk about Shatner a bit on the show with Halloween. Maybe there really is a reason. We just don't know it. We just don't know it yet. Uh, With Halloween, with the mask, and then we did Twilight Zone and Star Trek, now the unexplained. But Boris has really been a running thing on the show, and Boris is in every bumper now since (laughs) a while back going, Papa Papa Duba. That is Boris Karloff, by the way, doing the peppermint twist. It's precious. You should watch it. It's on the YouTube. The um, Peppermint Twist. That old song from the 60s. Yeah, he did a recitation of it on an old show called Shindig. And that's where we got that. And Boris was just a precious guy. See, I don't even know where it There came you from. go. See, this is what you get from missing <laughs> staff meetings. And it's only the two of us. So, <laughs> But uh, it's great to be back. It feels like it's been a while since we did the show. You know what? You know, we were going to do some banner here. I don't want to get into the specifics of the movie, but let's get this out of the way. What did you think of this movie? I loved it. You hadn't seen this movie, had you? Nope. And you were holding off on seeing this movie for this episode particularly. Yep. So speaking of this episode, this was supposed to be our 40th show. <laughs> it turns out this is our 42nd show, but it is our 40th show in spirit. So yeah, I don't think that there's count. I, mean, I, I, you know, we're, I guess technically we're going to count. Let's count like original Okay, <laughs> this is our 40th original episode then, so 42 if you're being real technical, yeah. but whatever. So um, we've delved into the Universal Monsters a bit. What was your general impression here of 1931's Frankenstein film? That is pretty creepy for that time. I mean, it's creepy for now, but how old is it? Um, 80-something, it, yeah. 80 years old, I believe. And it's like... It's so creepy for that time. You, you get what I'm trying to say? I mean, I definitely get what you're trying to say. And this is really interesting. And this is one of the reasons why we started doing this show. Besides, we wanted to do a podcast and have been wanting to do one for a while. But this sprang from a shared love of movies. It shared from a sprang, uh, sprang from a spring love, sprang from a shared love of horror movies. And we oh, decided sorry, for to- a second, you reminded me of um, Forrest Gump. <laughs> faith and uh that's a horror movie we've we've mentioned that on the show before that is definitely a horror movie um but this 
we would get together and you would ask for me to pick movies that you hadn't seen. And so we thought this was a great way to do that. And then, you know, get some of these things out on the internet and have a good time talking about movies. So you held off on this one and you say that it's, it's creepy 80 years after the fact, because (laughs) I've been watching this movie since I was a kid. So I I think there's a, I don't want to say I'm desensitized to it, but Uh this has been around for the majority of my life. So when I see it, I'm just watching this great old movie and having these kind of nostalgic feelings towards it. But it came off as very creepy to you. That's interesting. Well, I mean, the story in general, it's just. <laughs> it's something, it's, isn't it's, it? Yeah. I mean, it's very different. It's pretty creepy when you think about it. That, I mean, he's digging people up out of their graves. Right. Putting people together. It's like, that's just weird and creepy. And I love it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and what took me so long to watch this? I don't know. Well, you know, you know, you had to wait for, for the 42nd show to do it. So I am very excited to be talking about this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I absolutely love this movie. I think that the Karloff performance in this movie is perhaps the most iconic performance in movie history. I think that this is one for the ages, and I'm really excited that we're going to be delving into this one tonight. And we have... We don't have the uh, can you watch it without puking or can you eat it without puking. What do we got? Tonight, (laughs) we have a new segment called May I Be Frank With You. And we're going to be reading from Frankenstein's Monsters Twitter page. How exciting. And we're going to try and figure out (laughs) what he really means. You down for that? I'm down. There's no money with this one. We're just trying to. I'm out. It's well, there you go. Like with the William Shatner unexplained show, we're just we're just looking for answers tonight. We're just looking for answers. I so, like answers and money. <laughs> he has he has nothing to say. I have nothing to say to that. Fine, I'll do it for free. Okay. <laughs> That's what she said. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so so we're gonna take a very short break. When we get back, 1931's Universal Monster Movie Classic Frankenstein is on the slab as it is. Ooh, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. I am Dan. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com, and we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast, or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side. So, Faith, we have something real special here during the break. You and I both went down the Friends rabbit hole recently, didn't we? Yes. I did all 10 seasons in about two weeks. And you've done the show how many times? Oh, my goodness. I can't even count anymore. And, you know, they were known for having famous guest stars mm-hmm. on the show. You know, I mean, Julia Roberts was on there, uh, Kathleen Turner, so many so many great names were on there. But we found a lost episode, and they had maybe the biggest name of all time on there. <laughs> Do you want to tell them who visited Central Park? Are we talking about Fred? Or Nancy Thompson. Fred Krueger. Fred Krueger visited Central Park. We have some clips, some audio clips from an episode that never aired of Friends. It's the one with that undead bastard. <laughs> so we found this from in the archives. We hope you enjoy Faith. You enjoy it, don't you? Oh, yeah. I wonder why they never... I don't know why this didn't air. We'll let the, let the listeners be the judge of that. So... Without any further ado, here are clips from the one with that undead bastard. (laughs) We'll see you on the other side. Last night, I had a dream that um, you and I were uh, 
doing it on this table. Boyfriend <laughs> now, Rachel. the waitress. I'm starving. It's a buffet, man. Bon appetit, bitch. I tried attacking two women. Did not work. I hate women. And teenagers. What would you do? I'd slice them. And I'd dice them. And I'd slit their throat. I killed Ross. How you doing, bitch? Welcome back, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are going to get into it here. 1931's Frankenstein, directed by James Whale. We've talked about James Whale on the show with The Old Dark House. Mm -hmm. This movie came out November 21st, 1931. In 1991, this was selected to be preserved in the National Library. This was so as deemed culturally and historically significant. That is one of the highest honors any film can receive. I think this movie is all of those things. Mm -hmm. This was also on the American Film Institute's top 100 list of top 100 movies ever made. And the first one that came out, I believe, in 1998. And it ranked, let's see, number 87. And it was also on the greatest lines of all time. I believe it was around 40. Let's see. What was it? Number 49. It's Alive. It's Alive was there. So this movie is iconic. This movie has been honored for being historically significant, and it is just plain awesome. So let's get into it. Frankenstein was written by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley almost 200 years ago. She was 18 years old when she devised this story. So this movie is a little over 80 years old. The story is 200 years old. Faith, what do you think keeps us coming back to this story? That's a really good question. I think he's just very, I think it's, a, it's maybe not the movie, because <laughs> there's not a lot of mad scientists that are very relevant. Right. <laughs> I meant the creature itself. Maybe, you know, people feel the need to relate to him because he's this outcast or weird or right. something in that sense. Right. I mean, I hope people aren't, you know, feeling like mad scientists, but <laughs> yeah, some might be, um, the, from those people, the movie takes severe liberties with the story. She would, I don't think she would recognize I the never story. Read it. You never read it. I it's, um, quite a bit different. And how so he is, uh, he is hunting the monster. He's in the, uh, I can't, I can't remember if it's the North pole or South pole. And, it's about him hunting the monster. Now the elements are all there, but um, quite a bit different. If you want to see a pure uh, pure adaptation of that, watch the Kenneth Branagh 1994 movie Frankenstein. But for me, and I read it in high school and I read it in college. And for me, this is the adaptation, though. This this to me is the one that really I think gets to the heart I, I, of it. Apparently, people agree. <laughs> yes, yes. So so you think that we are coming back to this because we sympathize with the monster. Possibly. I think that we keep coming back to this because we are fascinated with the idea of life and death. That's a good one. You know, yeah. it's the great mystery of, of all of us for all of us yeah. is we're going to die. Where do we go? How many stories are there about people trying to cheat death, overcome death, um, dealing with death. It is a very, it is waiting for all of us. Right. And sometimes we choose not to acknowledge that. And so here's a guy that is trying to literally create life, play God, find his own answers to that. I don't, I don't know if she meant any of this. I don't know if James Whale meant any of this, but for me, I, I did a lot of thinking about that. I think it's that our preoccupation with death, even if we're not preoccupied with it. Does that make any That's sense? Very clever. Um, cause like I said, you, you 
you're aware of it all the time, but you just don't talk about right. it because that's considered a taboo, morbid subject. And it's interesting that the Buddhists have a, um, a meditation on death where they um, there's a meditation where they will think about it for 30 seconds. Think about your death. Think about it, you know, in relation to life. So. Like I said, it's not the most uh, um, fun of topics, but I think we go back to it. I think we're, um, I don't want to say fond of this guy, but this story, I think, touches that subconscious part of us. You you know you're going to die. It's going to happen. And here's a guy trying to overcome that, you know, and find a way around it. And they call him Prometheus. And, you know, Prometheus was the one that gave fire to, to mankind. And so I think there's a lot of mythological stuff happening with why we are so preoccupied with this story. Um, would you buy any of that for, for a dollar? A dollar fifty. A dollar fifty? Well, that was, uh, that was pretty good. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't think of that. That's very, it's very clever. Well, so you know, it, <laughs> you know, I got my brains when I graduated college. It was like the Wizard of Oz, you know, they gave me like Scarecrow. So... But um, no, I did. I spent a little time thinking about that. And I think that's why we keep coming back to it. You can take away all of the iconography with this movie. And, you know, we brought up Mary Shelley in the sto- in the book. And I really don't want to get into a discussion of the book because that's kind of more of a uh, this would be a three hour show if, if we did that. Um, there is a book out there. You should read it if you have not read it. It is wonderful. But we're going to keep this kind of geared toward the 1931 film. So let's get in to the 1931 film. This movie is 88 years old, as we said. We said it was almost eight. No, it's almost 90 years old. <laughs> um, how fresh does this feel to you, especially since this is your first time watching it all the way through? And also, did it live up to your expectations? And what were those going into it? Okay, so first, it looks so good being almost 90 years old, kind of like William Shatner. <laughs> exactly. Shatner and they Frankenstein are the well. same age. Yeah, they go, wow. <laughs> okay, that's kind of weird. But no, they that, it's kind of hard to believe that it's that old. It's so clean and, I don't know, it just seems very fresh. Free, it seems very alive. Yeah, and, it's alive. <laughs> and yeah, it's alive. And not to, uh, I don't want to get into, you know, transfer stamp, because I don't really care about the specifics of, you know, the Blu-ray and the, uh, and you know, the ratio aspects and all right. that stuff. But um this movie looks so good in high definition 90 years later. The shadows and the lines still work and I think look better than ever. Did it live up to your expectations, The yes. everything about this yes. movie? Yeah, I went in thinking, okay, wow, you know, this is obviously a classic. <laughs> and I had talked it up quite a bit beforehand. Yeah. I, I want to go ahead and say that. Like, Well, I, there's not a lot of people that you see that are like, oh, I don't like Frankenstein. I mean, how many people... Have you heard say that? Not many. Exactly. So not many. I'm going in thinking, okay, most people like this. It's a classic for a reason. And yeah, I mean, I loved it. It loved it. I was you, ready to keep on watching. Yes, you hit the nail on the yeah. head. It's a classic for a reason. And in any movie genre, but especially in the horror genre, it's very rare for a movie to transcend that genre and become a movie that you have to watch this movie. You know, we've talked about Star Wars before. You know, with us, fantasy, you know, you have to see Star Wars. If you're a movie lover, you have to see Star Wars. 2001, A Space Odyssey is one of those films. There's countless classic films. You know, Pulp Fiction is one of them. For me, Frankenstein is a movie that you have to see. If you say that you're a fan of film or any kind of film historian or film buff, you have to see this movie. Do you feel, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, do you feel that this transcends the horror genre? I feel about this movie the way that I do. I've mentioned this before and here. We're going back to Shatner here. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, I feel transcends the science fiction genre. That's just a wonderful movie. Everybody needs to see that movie. The Empire Strikes Back. Everyone needs to see that movie. Frankenstein, you have to see this, especially if you're a horror fan. Um, What were your expectations going in? Because like I said, I know I had built it up a little bit. Just the fact that, like, I mean, you love this movie. Everybody loves this movie. Right. Uh, you know, it's everybody just that's that's what I get from it. Everybody loves Frankenstein. Now you love it. Now I love it. Now you love it. 
So Dracula starring Bela Lugosi came out earlier in the same year as Frankenstein. What a year for movies. And I have always said that as great as the Dracula movie is, it succeeds mainly because of Lugosi. And that movie really feels like a stage play. And it was in fact adapted from a stage play. This feels like an honest to God film, like a movie. Uh, and that is in capital letters movie. Um, did this feel like a movie to you or did it feel like a stage play? Did it feel like maybe somewhere in between them? It felt more like a movie for me. It felt cinematic. Yeah. It, it feels that way. Yeah. It, 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 maybe the way it's pieced together or something, it just, I didn't get stage play feeling at all from it. Right. And we're going to get into why that is here with this, with this next bit, because we've talked about German expressionism quite a bit on this show in relation to the old dark house, Tim Burton, Tim Burton's movies are masterclass in German expressionism. And this movie is highly influenced by that movement. James Whale, uh, himself, you know, he has, he said in interviews that he was influenced by that. This movie has that feel. And I think that's what makes this cinematic as opposed to Dracula, because if you watch Dracula as great as Lugosi is in that movie, that movie for me can be a chore to get through because it is slow and you feel the pacing issues for me in that movie. This movie doesn't feel slow at all. Mm-hmm. This feels and it doesn't feel slow and there's no score. Did you notice that there was no score I, in this movie? I did notice. I did notice. Did uh, when did you notice that there was no score in the movie? As instantly. <laughs> instantly. Did you feel that the movie lacked because no. Because yeah. there was no score. I made a note of it because I was like, you know, I usually like movies with scores. You know, that's something that draws me to certain movies. But mm-hmm. I don't think it needed it. Kind of made it creepier or something. You know? I rewatched this. I got the Blu-ray set of the monster movies about, what, six or eight months ago. I'd gotten them. And remember, I had rewatched it. I remember texting. I was like, Frankenstein looks phenomenal. And it hit me watching it. Uh, then I was like, there's no score in this movie. <laughs> Like because Bride of Frankenstein has a wonderful score, so I was associating Bride of Frankenstein, getting them kind of mixed up in my right. head, and I went, "Wait, this has no score," and it did not take anything away mm-hmm. from the movie. As I was saying, Dracula for me really could have used a score. It feels very, it feels of its time in places. This feels very timeless, right. uh, and that's not knocking Dracula, which is a great movie, and everybody needs to see it. But this just is a step above in quality. And uh, let's talk about, we were talking about the German Expressionism. We talked about it quite at length in our Old Dark House episode and in Batman Returns. So let's not rehash that, though. But uh, that really has to do with shadows and light and, and the way that mm-hmm. things are, are lit. I think the architecture of... The, art, the gothic architecture, yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the look of this movie, especially in relation to the lighting? Because I think the lighting is very on point here. Yeah, that's something I noticed. I think it's... Um you know, you think black and white movie, you kind of think dull, maybe even more of a gray. You know, it's not very. What's the word I'm looking you for? don't think of black and white as being vibrant like color. Right. right. That's yeah. But this movie, I feel like. It has a real energy to it. Yeah. The vibrant. It's got a vibrancy. I feel to like it. the like it's just the contrast are, are perfect to it. I don't know. It just doesn't feel blah or something to look at i yes. can't think of a good word it, it feels just... again going back to the great lawn it feels alive it's yeah. it's alive and the lighting in this is not there just because oh this looks creepy and we're doing these uh german you know we're gonna be paying homage to these german movies no they're using it for character with those lights coming down on the monster and there's a great scene where henry is talking to dr waldman and the lights coming in and illuminating him mm-hmm. because here's this man who just achieved something godlike and he's being illuminated by this almost supernatural halo of light that's coming in and you see that throughout the movie but then also the lighting the contrast of the lighting junior in the castle with the dark and then the cemeteries with the dark but then in the most I guess heinous moment of the movie when he kills little Maria, it's very bright. Yeah. And there's a wonderful contrast between the light. So the lighting is not just for effect. It's actually adding, I think to the characterization and James whale was so smart and so good. And and I can't believe that that would have been an accident. I think that was thought out beforehand. So uh, speaking of the light, now we're going to get into Korolov in just a minute. So I don't want to get too into Korolov here, but Speaking of the lighting, 
Could you imagine being in an audience in 1931, 88 years ago, and there it is, the very bright lights, and there's Karloff walking next to that little girl and sits down, and how horrifying that is because you're seeing this creature in all of his glory for the first time really full on, and then he's out in the bright sunshine, and then there's this awful you know, murderous act that happens by accident. But I've been thinking about that. Could you imagine being in that audience, seeing this for the first time? That's what makes me think about this movie. I guess back to the story of it all. I feel like that time, I wonder how people really reacted to it, you know? Yes. Yes, because I know people fainted or, or reported to have fainted. You know, that could be a false studio report, you know. That people, yeah, when they I saw mean, this movie, fainted. I could see it, maybe, <laughs> Right time, you know. Right, right. And it's, um, like I said, the look of this is so still influential on movies. And uh, like I said, it, this movie looks like something that could have been made last yeah, week. I know. You know, and again, 90 years old. I think that's a real testament to James Whale and everyone who was involved in the making of this. And again, not to compare it to Dracula, but the quantum leap that they made between Dracula and this movie is just unbelievable. So let's talk about some of the people that helped him bring this to life and supporting characters here. And I want to focus on two of them in particular. Uh, The first one is Colin Clive, who plays who plays uh, Dr. Henry Frankenstein. What did you think of his performance? Loved him. What did you like about him? I don't. I really don't know. He just kind of pulled me in, kind of from the beginning. Maybe because he's weird and <laughs> there's a sweaty-eyed madness to him. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's always coming down off of a whiskey drunk, doesn't he? he like does. he always looks a little sweaty. You know, like he's like he's coming down off of some like whiskey or cocaine yeah. high or something uh-huh. like that. But he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And there is a. Do you think that there's a sympathetic quality to him? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think, and I think he's a determined person, even though he, you know, they might think he's a little cuckoo, but. Right. And I love in the it's alive moment. It's not the it's alive moment that I love. It's when he just completely loses it and they have to restrain him, how absolutely real it feels there. You know, he was really tapped into something in this movie. I think he was absolutely wonderful. Now, he was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, Lugosi was originally going to be in this movie. Now the movie that they were going to do is very different because James Whale was not involved at that time. But then there was still, uh, a rumor or a possibility that Lugosi could have played the doctor could have played Henry Frankenstein. Could you have seen Lugosi? I think so. I could have seen Lugosi. It would have been a different energy from this, but I think Colin Clive really brings, brings something to this. And it's very special. And I mean, I think kids today, everybody knows it's alive. Everybody knows that line. It's one of the most famous movies and lines in movie history. Uh, I said we were going to talk about two. I actually meant three. Let's talk about Dwight Fry. He was a former booger of the week, and he plays, I believe his name is Fritz in this movie. Mm -hmm. He is the hunchback assistant, which, of course, started the whole trope of hunchback assistants. Um, what did you think of him? Because to me, I love his performance here. It's so too. just weird. I was going to say he's just creepy little weird dude, but I love him. <laughs> it's kind of hard not There's to. There's something very cartoonish about <laughs> yeah. him in this movie uh, that really works. And I think him working with uh, Colin Clive is something to really see. They have a really good chemistry as they do. as uh, the doctor and the assistant, which I find uh I just think it's funny, you know, and to see like that trope of the hunchback assistant. This is kind of where this started. So he did it first and maybe did it best, possibly, possibly, possibly outside of maybe Lugosi as uh, Igor in the Son of Frankenstein movie. But uh, we'll talk about him when we get to <laughs> when we get to that film in a later date. And then the other one I like is Edward Van Sloan, who plays Dr. Waldman, who opens the picture mm-hmm. with his warning about what you're about to see may frighten you and giving you an out to get out of the theater before it all goes down. Uh, he was also uh, Van Helsing in Dracula earlier that year. And in 1932, he would play the doctor in The Mummy, who was basically a Van Helsing-type character, helping to get rid of Boris Karloff's Imhotep, who was basically Dracula. And when we talk about The Mummy, we'll talk about the fact that 1932's The Mummy is a retelling of Dracula, but done better. <laughs> so... <laughs> But uh, he seemed to he played those kind of roles in these movies. I have always loved Edward Van Sloan. I've always loved the character of Van Helsing as he played it. 
Dr. Waldman here, and then of course uh, him and the Mummy and uh, the other films that he was in. What did you, what did you think of him? Because I think he's got a great look. I think he's got. A, I love his voice. I love his demeanor. What did you think of? I of loved him? him. I enjoyed him. I think just as much as you did. <laughs> right, and what yeah, did, what I did like you, his. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking no, into stuff. There you go. I was going to say you just named some qualities about him. I think he brings something a little different. I, I don't know what it is, but right, it's this almost. I don't know. I don't have he's a not word. quite a mentor character, and he's a little. He seems a little left of center. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you trust him, yeah. you know, which is very, very interesting. What did you think of the opening of this movie when he comes out and he does his spiel? Because that's a very famous moment in film history when he comes from the curtain and tells you about what's getting ready to go it. down. I liked it. I thought it was different at first. Right. At first, I was like, "Huh, okay, this isn't how I expected it to actually start," but. I was okay with it. And that has been, uh, they've done takeoffs of that in various different forms of media. The Simpsons have done it. Uh, it's one of the famous openings in movie history, and I like it. And I like the uh, quote-unquote seriousness of it. Hey, you know, get out. Don't <laughs> complain about it. Like, get out. And then the funny nature, well, you know, you were warned, you know, and, and walks off. I think uh, I think that's the spirit of the movie because there's a little bit of campiness in this movie. Not a lot. Not right. as much as in Bride. When we talk about Bride, you'll see how campy that is. But um, I feel that opening really does capture the spirit of this movie. So we haven't talked about him a lot. We've been saving the best for last. Faith, go ahead. Who are we? Who are we going to talk about? Boris Karloff, of course. William Henry Pratt. This was his 80th movie. Wow. Was it his 80th? I can't. I think it was. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. It was either his 40th. I think it was his 40th movie. I can't remember if it was 40 or 80, but <laughs> it was a milestone movie for him. This is the one that would make him a household name and immortal in screen history. So let's just get into it. What did you think of Boris here? Because this is his signature role. Oh, he's brilliant. <laughs> right. Everything about that character. Without words. Yeah. Without words. The body movement, the eyes, just everything. How did you feel about the monster in this picture? I liked him. You 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 feel this tragedy, but you feel sympathetic for him. It's almost the human condition because we didn't ask to be born. Right. We didn't ask for existence, yet here we are. Right. This guy didn't ask for this, and he's having to deal with it. Yeah. And misunderstood. And I think he appeals to that teenager in all of us. You know, everybody is misunderstood at one time or another. And if you haven't been, you might need to check yourself at the door because, I mean, what planet are you living on? But the outsider, he's got that feeling of everybody's felt that outsider mm -hmm. feeling. Um, was there anything in particular that he did that really got to you? Everything. You Everything. <laughs> All Everything you steal in my answer, all of it. All of it. I like the thing where he puts his hands out the wrist and you know, he goes, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that pleading, he can't talk and he wants to. It's like a puppy dog. Yeah. You know. He is wonderful. We've talked about him at length in the old Dark House episodes. So I don't want to go back over him right. here, but what a performance by I think he understood this. I think he got this. Oh, yeah. Um Let's talk about the makeup, the Jack Pierce makeup. What do you think of that? Because that is iconic. That oh, is incredible. you know, maybe the most famous movie makeup of all time. I would say it is. Yeah, it's incredible. It's so, it's it's creepy looking, but it's almost kind of beautiful in a way. <laughs> Does that make any sense? It's, oh, it's definitely beautiful. There's a beauty in it. Yes. Amazing. Um, The flat head and the fact that it was structured around his face. So he's there, he can emote. And yeah. it's like England's makeup and Elm Street. Exactly. His face is there, yeah. you know, and you're with him. You know, you're able to to feel what he's feeling. You know, there's no mask there. Right. You know, it's just yeah. He's not hiding behind. He's not layers hiding behind it. He's all there. Um, you already hit at the eyes and the body language. There is a wonderful. I don't know of many people who could pull off this performance, this wordless performance, and generate so much I sympathy. Know. You know, there's a reason that this is still around, and I think outside of all the things we were talking about with the lighting and the casting and the wonderful direction. If Boris isn't working in this, this movie, we're not talking about it mm -mm. 88 years after the fact. No. He's wonderful. It's, it's brilliant. It it really gives me goosebumps watching him in this movie, and I feel such sympathy for him and empathy. And just When he comes in 
Does he come in backwards? He comes. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the opening when you, you introduced him. I texted you when you right. did those close-ups, and it's like, wow. The three close-ups. Like, and I think I said wow out loud, and we yes. winded it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you can't get away from him. You have to look at him. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes this movie cinematic, as, as we said, as opposed to a stage play. Right. And Whale was great at that. I think it's one of the great intros in film history. Yeah. And him backing up and then turning around and... The, the way he walked and moved, and he had lifts in his shoes, so he'd move mm-hmm. a little slower. Adore him. Adore Love him. It. And the scene with the girl when he laughs, and yes. and then the poor <laughs> thing you know murders the girl because he doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, This is such a great movie. If you haven't seen this movie, you really need to watch it immediately. I can't say enough good things about this one. This is, I think, it's a toss-up between this and The Bride of Frankenstein for the best movies that they did. This, to me, is the best movie that Universal ever made, and he's the greatest performance in any of these uh, Universal monster movies. Absolutely wonderful. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Do you have anything else you want to add about um, general things about the movie before we Real quick, since yes. you just, you just uh, mentioned Maria, did that, did that scene remind you of anything? Yes, we just watched something with that scene in it. Was it Stranger Things had that scene? No, no it was... Um, you're going to tell me, and I'm going to go, oh, yes. It reminds me of The Incredible Hulk. They had that scene in The Incredible That's the one. Mm-hmm. It was in The Incredible Hulk the pilot. The father and the daughter. And yes, absolutely. Kind of I and watched it. I was like, oh, okay. This and that was Hulk. on purpose for sure mm-hmm. because Karloff was an influence on the on mm-hmm. the Hulk character. It was, isn't it beautiful? It's, yeah, it's that's, great. That's what I'm saying. You could see influences on you know, things coming out later yes. on. I was like, oh, wow, yes. okay. So uh, let's get into it. Just uh, favorites. I don't have a list, so let's go let's ahead see, and go I through. Let's see. I might have made one. Okay. Let's see if I do. I love it when you make a list. I like lists. I can't help it. You're Monica from Friends. She loves her list. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't make a really long list. It doesn't matter. Let's, let's, uh, I just wrote scenes. Do you have a favorite scene? Um, Him coming into the room, That's, him reaching for the light. Yeah. Um, when you see the villagers with the pitchforks. There's so much in this movie. That I even like I think when everything he's on the table just, and they kind of, you don't see him, but you just see right. the body. Right. I like that. I like the scene with Maria when he smiles and he. Yes. There's so, there's so much. I think the whole movie is just so iconic. You know, with the uh, graveyard. No, he's he's just sleeping, just resting, just re- waiting. You know, for new life. You know, yeah. It's it, it, there's too much to pick. Yeah. There's really too much to pick. That was um, pretty much all I had on my list. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> um, it, this movie kind of let the speechless, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> And some other stuff, but we already mentioned it. So, <laughs> right, right. It's hard to talk about this movie without mentioning. I mean, all yeah, the great stuff. Yeah. It, it, so much. Um, I like the scene of the dad carrying Maria through the town, which yeah. I think was uh, pretty shocking for that time. It's still shocking, but I mean, I like the scene with the fire. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's so many good ones. So many good ones. Um, well, I mean, anything? All of them? All of I think them? It's just <laughs> that's our that's our answer. That's always our stock answer here on the late night fright. So. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we're going to play a little game called May I Be Frank With You. We're going to read from the Monsters Twitter feed. What do you think about that? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. All right, Faith, here we go. This is a new segment, May I Be Frank With You. What we're going to do is we have Frankenstein's Monsters Twitter feed. We're going to read his post, and then we're going to try and figure out what he really means. Now, we do have the answers to what he really means. We have not seen them, but we're going to take a guess as to what he means. Are you ready to do this? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. So the first tweet that he posted earlier today reads, did, did you get it? I, I got it. All right. What do you think he was really saying there? Hmm. Maybe like you, he's wondering why there's so much juice in the mustard. Right. Because when you, when you take the mustard bottle and you turn it over, like the water, it's like the water always comes out and like... I it, just thought of that the other day too. Maybe that's what he meant. That's because it was gets asking. it gets on the sandwich it bread. Does. It soaks in and and it would make me go yeah. like that for sure. So I am gonna say that 
he is wondering why Chevy Chase doesn't make more movies. That's that's a good one. I think I think that's that's what he's asking right there. Can All we, right. Are we going to find out right now? We're going to find out right now what he means. So, <laughs> what he meant in this tweet from earlier today is I'm hungry. I think maybe I was the closest with food. I think you were. <laughs> yes. All right, you ready for number 2? Sure. All right, this tweet from earlier today reads simply. Hmm. You got it? Got it. All right. What do you think Frank meant there? Well, his first one was he's hungry. Maybe right. his second one was asking people what he should eat. You know, like a poll and what should I have for lunch? Right. I I'm going to go with um, he's asking, he's got jock itch and he's asking a recommendation for a good powder or cream. All right. And I would tell him gold bond. All right. All right. So are you ready? Ready right. for the answer? Yeah. And what he meant there was, oh, there's too many people in the world. We need a new plague. All right. I, I, I understand. I understand him. I understand him. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here we go. Here's the third one. This was from the afternoon today. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. This one reads, <laughs> what, what do you think he means there? Maybe he wants to be on our show. He's, he's tweeting us to let us know he wants to come be on our show. What he could. Think? He could. He'd be the first. I know. He'd be the first. Um, let's see. Uh, I think he's quoting the Rolling Stones tune, and I think he's saying, what a drag it is getting older. All right. That's what I'm going with. All right. Let's, let's see with. what he really said. All right. So what he really said, we're opening the envelope now, is your mama is so ugly she makes blind children cry. Wow. Wow. I didn't know he had a sense of humor. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. All right. Let's see. We've got we got three more here, Faith. Three more. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So immediately following that tweet about your mama being so ugly that she makes blind children cry, and he didn't direct it at anyone in particular. I think it was just a he was just being funny. Right. He posted this gem right here. Hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe he's tweeting that. Um. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Oh, come on. You've got to have an answer. Maybe he wants to go fishing. He wants to go fishing? Yeah. Because he's thinking about that Maria you yeah. know, with the lake. Yeah. And and while he's fishing, he's going to see my Maria from Brooks and Dunn. Okay. That's exactly what he's saying. I think he is quoting Kermit the Frog there, and he's saying that it's not easy being green. Maybe. Maybe? Okay. And here's the answer. The answer is... 9-11, like the JFK assassination, was an inside job. Whoa. <laughs> so apparently he has a sense of humor and he's a conspiracy theorist. I like this guy. We need to get him uh, on the show. He tweets some random things. So. He really does. There's no like, yeah, there's no through line. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, this one was actually directed to us at the late night Friday. You ready for this one? Oh, okay. All right. This one. This one says. What do you think? What do you think he was saying right there? Maybe he was making fun of your USB cable port jewel pin. My jewel pin? You think mm-hmm. he was making fun of the jewel device so. and the grape vape juice that's yes. in it? I think he was following up on the "I'm hungry" thing, and he was saying that he wants hush puppies. Okay. Yes, he he wants hush puppies. That's that's what I'm going with. What do you think? Maybe. All right, we have the answer here, and the answer is, when are you guys going to do another Afterglow episode? <laughs> Frank, I can answer you. The answer is not any time in the near future. <laughs> but you never know. All right, last one. Are you ready? Sure. All right, let's see. This was uh, from just before we started recording, and it reads, what do you got? You know, he's so random. He's probably tweeting that he wants a pet goat or something. A feigning goat, you think? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Like a, yeah. I think he is tweeting that Michelle Pfeiffer still got it. All right. That's, which is true, yeah. by the way. All right, here we go to the envelope. And the answer is, I feel pretty. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I enjoyed playing Mad Be Frank with you, even though there was no money involved and i didn't throw up this time so uh, yeah yeah 
So. Yet, not yet. No. Not yet. We're going to take a very short break. I am Dan. And I am And we will see you on the other side. Welcome back, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we're going to finish up our discussion of 1931's classic film, Frankenstein. I'm really glad that you enjoyed this one. I was excited for you to watch this, and I'm glad that I didn't oversell it to you. and that you Because you, when we did The Wolfman, you kind of had a so-so reaction to that one, and that's understandable. Well, how would you would have reacted if I didn't like it? <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I don't know. I Would, I, you, would you be a little hurt? <laughs> I probably would have said we need to rethink this show. <laughs> and by rethink the show, I need to rethink the host setup. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You would never. No, I'm so I'm rude. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it as I, much as more maybe more than I thought you would because no, it's such it. a great film. Um so we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh we're having another great month here on the late night fright, possibly another record for us. The numbers just keep going up, and we appreciate everyone out there listening and for giving their support. And we want to tell you what we have coming up. We're going to try and pull this off. We are going to do a week of shows. That is right, a week of shows. So the next time that you hear this show will be on a Monday. We've never broadcast on a Monday before. but So we're going to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Faith, would you like to tell them what our themes are? Let's see if I could remember. Them. All right, let's see. <laughs> what do we have for Monday? Monster, Monster Monday. That's right. Uh, torture Tuesday. Terror or Torture Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Um, Women of Horror Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to that one because we have. I think we have a really good movie picked out, and it's kind of a left field pick. I think, which is really cool. Uh, true Crime Thursday, which I'm looking forward to the most, and I'm looking that's forward. My favorite genre of anything. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> one. To that one too. And Fantasy Friday. Fantasy Friday. And I'm looking forward to that movie. Yes. Because my boyfriend's in that movie. So we're gonna have a lot of fun with these with these episodes mm-hmm. as we push towards our fiftieth episode. I think we have something really special in store for our fiftieth. And I also want to give an update. We are. I don't have an ETA on this, but we are very close to doing some merchandise and we're going to keep you all posted on the merchandise situation, but that is coming soon people. So be looking for that and we'll keep you posted on all that. So, um, let's talk, uh, I wanted to raise this question a few weeks ago and when I listened to the show again, um, we were talking about Karloff and we were talking about slashers and, um, you know, the great slasher character, the acting performance is Robert England as Freddy Krueger. That is you know, a role that uh, requires an actor, you know, right. not just somebody in a mask lumbering around. So these classic universal horror stars, and we've seen all of them now. We've seen Bella, we've seen Boris, and we've seen uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Could you have seen any of them playing Freddy Krueger? I can see Boris, for sure. Is there any reason in particular you could see Well, Boris? you mentioned it earlier, his eyes. I feel like that there's something there with his eyes. I think I think he brings... Even with his body language, he just brings something to his characters. So I feel like he might be the one that I pick. I feel there's a, uh, I've said this before on the show, there's a real predatory nature to some of the things that he does. And there's um, uh, an unpredictability to what he does. And I feel like England brings some of those things to Freddy Krueger. Boris is the one that I could see doing it. And... I would love to see what a Kruger movie would have looked like in yeah. the forties. Wouldn't that have been interesting? It really you know, would what, have been. How they would have gotten yeah. around that code? Like, might even be scarier than that original movie. Yeah, is I could totally see him him doing that. So, 
Uh, this is the 1931 Frankenstein movie. We are going to be doing The Bride of Frankenstein and The Son of Frankenstein, the other two Karloff movies. We're gonna, we don't know how we're going to divvy those up yet, if we're going to do them together or possibly uh, pair them with something else. Because we haven't done a double feature in a while. But those are on the list. And as I said, we have a whole week of movies coming up. And we want to thank all of you for listening, for sticking with us. Uh, we have the bumper at the beginning of the show, but just want to go ahead and remind you, we are at www.latenightfright.com. We are on Instagram at the Late Night Fright Podcast. And Faith is online on Instagram at I'm a Normal Alien. So feel free to hit us up, follow us, um, give us a like. Uh, and if you have time and are so inclined, please give us a rating on iTunes or any of the other hosting sites where the show is and give us a review. It helps us get the word out on the show. And I want to thank everyone who's taken the time to do that. And it really does mean a lot to us. And it has definitely helped us uh, get a little notice on the exactly. on the search platform. So we appreciate it. We are always going to try and bring you the best show we can. And it will always be a free show on it, Faith. Does it have to? I'm just joking. Yes. You know I like money. I like money, too. Just I like money, too. <laughs> we are thinking about doing a Patreon soon to, uh, to get some new stuff to make a better show. And uh, we just haven't had a chance to set that up with Tropical Storm Barry that came through. So, But uh, we'll keep you posted on that and all the news and events happening here in Cozy Corner. And seriously, watch Frankenstein 1931. Yeah, don't, don't wait around like I did. <laughs> and watch it in the highest definition you can find. You know, uh, I couldn't watch it in high definition. Really? Yeah, I tried to, and my computer, something happened. Wouldn't and do said it. I had to. So, see, I liked it just as much. In, and it's amazing, no, amazing in the high def. Turn off the lights, uh, make some coffee, sit down, and, and, and really, Boris Karloff, I think, do you think I'm, I'm overstating that, that this is maybe the greatest no. screen performance of all time? Mm-mm. It's definitely, I think, the most iconic, and it's just absolutely wonderful. So. I love it. Well, we're going to sign off for this edition of the Late Night Fright, but uh, we will be back on Monday. So don't be surprised when it pops up in your feed that we are back with a new episode. So I'm excited for them. Thank you. Like I've said before, we're actually going to have to do some work around here for a change. It'll be, it'll be the first time, but it'll be fun. So um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your support. And I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. But we should sign off, shouldn't we? We should. I was, I was like, what, I, what is he, I, I've he done doing? that. I've done that before. This is what happens when you do shows back to back, and you know, and you read Frankenstein's Twitter feed. <laughs> he messes with your head, I guess. So you want to try that again? Let's, Let's try, try it again. again. I am Dan, and I am Faith, and we want you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We will see you where Faith on the other side. Arr.